Welcome back, Half Days, to another episode of Half Day, Half Day. It's your co-host, Nitzanit. And Wintana. I am super excited about our guest speaker today. Y'all, I love this girl. She is near and dear to my heart. We met in high school, and I've had the privilege of just watching her grow into this amazing and phenomenal woman that inspires me every day. So without further ado, I want to welcome Saron Bizwayo. She is a project manager at Fannie Mae and the co-founder of Nudists, a Black woman-owned shoe brand focused on producing inclusive shades for women of color. Nudists launched in August 2021 with the Deep Hues collection featuring three shades of nude. Saron manages operations and business strategy for Nudists. Saron graduated from the University of Maryland College Park with a double major in marketing and supply chain management and is a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and Delta Sigma Pi Business Fraternity. Currently, she is a Forte MBA Launch Fellow and a Management Leadership for Tomorrow MBA Prep Fellow. When Saron isn't working on a new project, she enjoys planning girls trips, fangirling over Drake and Jack Harlow, and debating whether to charge her friends for selling tips. Welcome, Saron. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I have to say, those flowers behind you are so pretty, by the way, Naz. Oh, thanks. I think, uh, Wintana, one of your friends gave those to you for your birthday, right? Yes, Eddie. Shout out to Eddie if you're listening. He got me those flowers. When was your birthday? My birthday was November 28th. Okay, so you're a... I'm a Sagittarius. Gang, gang. I see you. Yeah, um, yeah. Wait, what are you, what are your thoughts on Sagittarius's? Tell me. Super sweet, like from what I know, mm. like one of my really close friends is a Sag. She's super sweet, like super thoughtful and like thorough. Like she doesn't like speak. I don't know to explain it to you, but basically she's just a sweetheart. I'll leave it at that. I can. I feel like I see that kind of in you too. So you know. I mean, <laughs> that is me. I'm not even gonna lie, and we literally are the best sign. Just saying. Okay, Naz is giving me a look. <laughs> we we love Scorpios too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know Scorpios are a crowd favorite. The reason why I was staying quiet is because I was raised, if you have nothing good to say, then don't say anything at all. And I got nothing <laughs> good to say about sizes. So I'm going to keep my mouth closed. Anyways, haters can hate. But um, Sadon, <laughs> what sign are you? I'm a Pisces. So I'm a water sign. <gasps> so Rihanna, you know, Janae Aiko. Yes. Yes. I love I Pisces. Love- my best friend is a Pisces, Tanina. Shout out to her too. But I feel like you guys are very like spiritual and just like chill. I don't know if that's like on point. Tell yeah, me if I'm wrong. So. No, I would say so. Very like philosophical. Like I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love and it. I, I love water science. I just feel like being one myself, like I just think you add foundation and like life to everywhere you go. So Oh, what you're doing, yes. girl. Scorpios are a little spicy, though, I will say. Mm-hmm, <laughs> spicy that part. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. we don't I'll take that. It's better than crazy, so I'll take it. Oh, so who's crazy? Cancer. She's talking about cancer. No, usually people say Scorpios are crazy, so oh. I'm like, oh, oh. Being oh, I thought she meant that's a better adjective. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, enough about horoscopes. Um, Saron, you know, we've been in this pandemic for a minute now. I just want to check in and see, you know, how are you doing spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, all the stuff? Yeah, I mean, I am trying to manifest everything great in 2022. I'm trying to think positive. I feel like, you know, coming into this year, like with COVID being so strong, like, you know, it was definitely like a shock. But at the same time, it's like, I think things are going to get better, like overall. And so I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to being able to, you know, do as much travel as I want. And like, you know, just being able to see people. I want to go back to Ethiopia this year. I didn't get a chance yeah. to in December. And so I'm just like, 
really gunning for that this year. So I'm just trying to be positive. How about you both? Yeah, honestly, it's so crazy you said you're trying to go back to Ethiopia because I'm also trying to go to Eritrea and I think Naz is too. But yeah, I feel like I'm also manifesting a lot of travel this year and just good health and just working on myself and getting closer to God. Those are my priorities for 2022. But yeah, just blessed to be healthy and looking forward to going back home too. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ethiopia and Eritrea are like on the top of my list. I'm going to make it happen, but I don't know if you guys have seen in the news like recently. You know how we have like Omicron right now? They were saying that like a new variant is coming out that's like a mix of like Delta and Omicron. Delta Cron. Yeah. Delta Cron. Yeah, well, we're going to probably call it like Megacron like on Twitter <laughs> now. I mean, it's going to be an endemic soon, honestly. Like, I hate to be like, okay, I yeah. know it's going to be positive this year, but the yeah. one pessimist, like, pessimistic idea I'll say is that like, it's definitely going to be an endemic. And I'm just hoping that like, if we get through that part, like mm-hmm. hopefully we can get some sort of like normal, obviously it's going to be a new normal, yeah. but mm-hmm. something, you know? Yeah. I'm just wondering who is naming these variants? Like, cause, and everybody has Omarion messed up. This poor man is literally like just trying to chill in his little bubble, his little spiritual bubble. And then you got people like Lakeith Stanfield DMing him saying some out of pocket things. It's like, let this man live. This poor man. Well, they're calling it Omarosa now. You haven't heard? Oh, no. <laughs> no, they're not. They gave him a break. They gave him a break. <laughs> wow. Twitter is, I swear, like the creator of like all culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just like everything that's like funny comes from there. I actually don't have a Twitter, which is crazy. I haven't had one since sophomore year. But let me tell you, my friends like always text me stuff. And I'm like this close to getting a Twitter just to watch stuff, like just to see people yeah. things, especially after you watch an episode. I don't know if y'all watch Power, but it's my va- like it's one of my favorite shows. You know, no. out, um, and Twitter just has fun with it all the time. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I feel like I don't have a Twitter either, Sadon, but I will like secretly wait for people to send me things. Like, especially when Insecure was on, I was like, what are people saying about Lawrence today? Like, oh, do we love him or do we hate him? Like, but yeah, I agree with you, Naz. I feel like Black Twitter is literally the, like, yeah, the creators of culture. Like, what would we do without them? I know. And I feel like I'm actually on Twitter, but I wasn't really keeping up with Black Twitter until like when Tana would like send me like different things about like insecure other stuff and i'd be like oh okay let me keep up with this yeah it's lit well anyways enough about that so i mean it's not on you know we like to start off every podcast by asking all of our guests two very important questions the first being what is your favorite thing about being ethiopian and the second being what is your favorite ethiopian dish Those are really good questions. Hmm. So I'll say that my favorite thing about being Ethiopian is definitely the community. Like, as you all know, the DMV has, you know, the highest concentration of Abisha people outside of, you know, Mm -hmm. Africa. And so for that reason, like, I just feel like I'm always meeting somebody and my mom is like, you know, that's your second cousin, you know, that's your aunt. Like, and I'm just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But, you know, you always feel like you're meeting somebody that's like, you know, very ingrained in your culture and you feel like, you know, you're somehow related to them. And I love that feeling. And then I'll say my favorite food is furfur. Like I know most people eat it for breakfast, but like, let me tell you, I eat it for breakfast, for lunch. Like if if I had to pick one food, it would be that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because like I like wet, but I don't like the Mm. idea of just wet by itself. Mm -hmm. So being able to have that variation, I think kind of, I don't know, speaks to me. (laughs) Yeah. And I also feel like having wet in the morning can be pretty heavy, but I feel like when you mix it with injera, then it's like, oh, okay, this is like light enough to have for breakfast and I'm not sitting here yeah. super bloated all day. No, yeah. And then with kinche and like eggs, let me tell you, chef's kiss. Ooh. <laughs> How do you have your eggs? Hard boiled or? 
no, mm-mm, I'm not a hard boiled. I'm a scrambled girl. But you know what? There's a place you guys should go to if you haven't been. It's called Buna Coffee House in DC. Oh, Naz, yeah, I think but, you told me about that. Or somebody yeah. told me about that. No, I've never been. Where is it? It's on Georgia Ave. Yeah, it's so good. Like they serve like the breakfast version. They have like paninis. You know what? They even have a kutfu panini. I kid you not. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I haven't tried it yet, but like I've heard good things. But honestly, I mean, I like kutfu, but I don't know if you saw like the questionnaire that we had on our Instagram between kutfu and sushi. Everyone picked sushi. I was like, yeah. I am so disappointed in the new Habisha youth. Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, truthfully, when you said kids for panini, I was like, that's not really hitting in my mind the way that it should be. But I see the appeal for those that do like kids for, so I'm not going to hate. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. Definitely. Mm-mm. Anyways, well, you know, Sarah and I, like, we bonded over our love for fashion. We used to work at American Apparel, throwback to that. And now fast forward, you know, you've recently launched your own company, Nudist. So I'd love to hear, like, what inspired you to start your own shoe line? Yeah, so I would say, you know, when I was working in D.C. pre-pandemic, <laughs> you know, I would be in the metro in D.C. And I noticed that, like, women of color were wearing, like, flat shoes that were not their skin tone color, especially women of color. And so I was a little kind of frustrated about that because I was like, you know what, like, obviously, you know, it's not existent. The reason why they're not wearing it isn't because, you know, maybe they don't want to. It's probably because they can't find it. So on those long metro rides, you know, I would look it up online and I'd look up like nude heels. And, I, and I'm telling you, like, if you go and Google nude heels, you'll only see one shade, whether that's mm-hmm. heels or flats or anything like that. And so that frustrated me. And I felt like, you know, in 2019 it was, Like, I just felt that by then there should have been some more options. And so I came up with the idea and one of my really close friends who, you know, works at Amazon, she was like really good with um, retail. She actually was a part of Masterpiece, which is a retail business organization on campus at Maryland. And so she was president and I was vice president. So, you know, I easily thought of her as, you know, someone to work with as a business partner. And so we started the business that way. And, you know, we kind of kept the focus in increasing the representation of women of color through our brand. And that's kind of part of our motto. Oh, I love that. I love that you saw a problem and was like, how can I fix this? And then literally decided to start a business from that. Like that is so amazing and so inspiring. Like, because that is such a huge problem, right? And I don't think people think about that enough. Like shoes, right? And especially as you get older and you enter the professional workspace, like a lot of times we do wear heels or we do wear flats. And so it's like, where can we find things that actually are curated for us as black women. So again, just kudos to you for seeing uh, an issue and thinking where, how can I come up with a solution for this? I love that. Yeah, I agree. And it's so interesting, even for me, when I used to wear quote unquote nude heels, like they were like cream heels, but now it's Mm -hmm. like nice, like this generation, the generations onward, we'll be able to actually go to a store and be like, oh, these are nude heels or shoes for my skin tone. And it's actually nude, right? Versus it being like cream, which is probably look like wearing off-white shoes. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. all what it is. The thing yeah. is, like, you know, one of the other things I noticed when I was starting the brand was that, you know, there are other competitors. You know, there wasn't a lot of accessible shoes. So what I mean by that is there were a lot of shoes that were existing that were nude, but they weren't affordable. So they weren't affordable for the everyday mm-hmm. woman. All of the shoes that I found were, you know, 250 and up. And, you know, of course, that's like, you know, nice. That's a nice pair of heels. But for the everyday woman, that's not necessarily ideal. And so, you know, that was one of our goals. And, you know, we're essentially half of the price of all of, all of our competitors. 
Um, you know, we want to keep the affordability and the accessibility portion as part of our, our business. And we want to keep that in our mission. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm sure, obviously, starting a business is not an easy task by any means. So I'm curious, what has been the most difficult part, would you say, about starting your own business? Yeah, I will say definitely working full time is definitely the reason. So I would say, you know, when you're working full time, both of us do, it's a little bit difficult to manage things, especially, you know, managing vendors abroad. So, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're managing those vendor relationships, you know, maybe you're getting off work at five, but, you know, around five is when they're starting to clock in where, you know, you're ready to, you know, ready to take a break, but they're not, they're ready to start communicating with you. And so prioritizing the time to kind of, you know, do those tasks, I think is also challenging when you're working a full time job. But, you know, one of the things that helps me most, and I think it's so simple, and I know people are going to be like, duh, is Reminders, like the app. Like, mm-hmm. I use it for every detail. It's it's almost, like, crazy. And so that keeps me on track. So I'm thankful to be able to kind of, like, at least keep track of things so that way I can, you know, get things done. So, you know, you started this shoe brand with another woman of color. And, you know, each person brings their own nuanced experiences and viewpoints I would love to hear how being Habisha has influenced the way you run your business. Yeah. So I will say there's this term in, in Amharic that's like adara, which means like, you know, take care usually of, you know, someone important to you of others or an item. And so I tend to practice that every day, especially with my business, because, you know, we want to make sure we stand with our mission, right? It's to provide inclusive shades for women of color and to also increase the representation of women of color through our branding and our product offering. And so I've always been, and so Adara really plays like a strong role in terms of, you know, keeping me afloat with the business because I I remind myself as we're, you know, manufacturing shoes and selling it on and, you know, marketing it on Instagram and and TikTok that at the end of the day, you know, our our mission is focused on women and and truly making sure that, you know, there are inclusive shades for them. And I think I'm really keeping Adara at the forefront of my business through that. And so it's really a part of me, honestly. I love that. It's so interesting because I feel like hospitality and like utmost like customer service is like in our genes at this point. It's just like we just eat, breathe, live that way, which is so yeah. great. And that's awesome to see that it's like manifesting into your business and everything you do, honestly. Yeah. I love that. I love us. That's, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love that. No, but I think, you know, obviously I know it's still early in your business. I know that you obviously just launched last year, but when you think about the long-term vision for Nudis, what does that look like to you? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, we had our DPU's collection, right? So focused on our darker skin tones. You know, I'd love to see us kind of, you know, basically introducing more shades of color and introducing more styles. That's one of the things that I hope for us in 2022. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I hope that we continue to increase our following. And if you haven't followed us yet, follow us at Nudist Shoes, (laughs) both on TikTok and on Instagram. I know I'm still in the spotlight a little bit, but, you know, got to (laughs) advocate. Yes, plug yourself. Yeah, so definitely look out. Um, You know, we're definitely going to have some some exciting things coming on, especially this spring. So stay tuned. Yes. And we'll include all your information too in the description and on Instagram. But no, I love that you started off with, you know, the darker skin or darker shades and eventually want to progress. Um, because, you know, I'm just going to be biased speaking as a lighter skin woman. Like I am looking forward to the day that you drop some shoes that match my skin tone. So I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Echoing what Montana said, when, you know, your shoes are on my list of things that I want to purchase this year. So. The minute those shades come out, you're going to see me purchasing. Are you subscribed? 
to our email. Girl, I was one of the first subscribers. Don't play me. Then you'll be Say louder for the people in the back. If you're subscribed, you'll be first to know, especially to any of our deals. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. I'm excited to see like how your business is going to continue to grow and evolve. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, how do you plan on continuing to upskill yourself and expand your network so that your business continues to grow? Yeah. So for me, I think that, you know, applying to business school is one of the things that I've sought out. And primarily it's to expand my network, to be able to get exposure to different areas that I haven't, you know, I'm a supply chain and marketing double major, but, you know, I don't really have that focus in terms of finance or the analytical side or to make, you know, data-driven decisions. And I want to be able to cultivate that. And I think business school is the right way to do that. And being able to take that onto my business and future endeavors is something that like, I really aspire to do. And um, I'm hoping that that creates that network and that opportunity for me to grow as a person and also as a professional. Yes. It's fantastic that you have an idea of like what you want to get out of business school. Because like as someone who's also interested in going back, I think with you, you're going to get the most out of it because you already have an idea of like what you want to get out of it and like what you want to learn and how quickly you're going to be able to apply it to things that you're already working on. So I'm so excited for you. you you're going to get into all those top five business schools. I'm going to see you all like, I know. Hey. <laughs> well, thank you for the manifestation. <laughs> we love to see it. Look at us uplifting each other. I love it. But no, that's awesome. And I think another thing when we talk about uplifting and sisterhood, obviously, Naz mentioned earlier that you're a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And so I want to know, you know, you being an Ethiopian woman in the diaspora, how has being in Greek life allowed you to embrace the duality of being both Habesha and a Black woman and Black American? So I would definitely say, you know, being Habesha, as I mentioned, you know, you're given a community, I feel like loving people, people who are always trying to feed you, people who are always trying to, you know, help you grow. And so, you know, when I went to college, I wanted to find a similar community. Um, And I think I was able to do that through, you know, finding Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, joining an undergrad, you know, I was able to get a sisterhood that I never really had. Growing up in the US, I didn't really have a lot of cousins. In the US, a lot of my cousins were in Ethiopia or like in Europe. And so being able to get that kind of sisterhood really helped uplift me and helped me realize, you know, some of the things that some of the areas I had to grow in and some of the areas Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was skilled in, like, I didn't know that I was a great planner, for example, like for trips and stuff like that. Like, I'm the person that plans her trips or designs her shirts and things like that. And so I think having a sisterhood really helps you kind of become more self-aware and it helps you really Mm -hmm. understand, you know, what you want out of like friendships and what you want out of, you know family and a community. And so that has really been like the outlook for me. Like, you know, when I graduated college. I love that you were able to find that like second family and second sisterhood within your sorority. And I feel like too, I don't know if you all can relate to this, but I feel like too, I know when I went to college and I had a lot of black American girlfriends, like I started learning so many more things about like even just hair. Like I had never worn a weave until I got to college or really known much about like knotless braids or just little things like that. And I think the exposure to black Americans really teach, I mean, I'm using hair as an example, but like there's so many other things that you learn and I'm not sure if you found that within AKAs as well, or that was something that you had already had growing up. Yeah, no, I would say like, in high school as a senior, I would go to Tumblr and that was like my, oh my outlook and stuff. So I would find crazy hairstyles, purple hair, 
you know, bobs and everything. And that's where I started like really learning about hair and kind of like implementing that. But then having a sisterhood, you know, it gives me more options, right? Looking and seeing what my sisters are doing, seeing Mm -hmm. what kinds of hairstyles they have. I definitely was inspired and like, I definitely wear a lot more weave now (laughs) just because I learn more about like what hair to get and like hair works and all of that. So that was amazing to be able to kind of have that sisterhood for that. And, you know, I look back and I'm just like, girl, I would have been, you know, my hair would have been a mess beforehand. Mm, Who knows what we were looking like back in the day, but it's okay. We level up and we move on. Yeah, those pictures. Oh, have you seen that TikTok trend that was like, I would give you a zero. Then it's like, I can't do that. I'm going to give you a one. And it's like rating how you looked in high school and everyone just looked a mess. <laughs> no, you know, I haven't seen that because that's very Gen Z of you to be referencing a TikTok. You want to come at us, but you really just reference TikTok and that's very Gen Z. <laughs> There's also okay. a Facebook post recently about like the 10 year challenge. I thought you yes. knew about it, Naz. Mm-hmm. Since you're, you know, a millennial, you don't think 1996 means you're a millennial. You know what? I'm an opportunist. I just want to <laughs> keep up with the times, and that's what I'm gonna call it. Anyway, <laughs> but it's so true though about like black women's hair. I feel like it's our form of expression, and it's really great that you know within the black community we could learn about different styles. And then like thinking about like finding a community for me at least, it wasn't until New York where you know I have such a strong group of like African and black American women girlfriends that have just like, it's really changed my life and my sense of identity, which I think you can really get when you have like a community of people who have shared experiences, shared thoughts, and but also like different in their own ways. And you can learn from each other and what it really means to be black and African. Yeah. I love that. I know we talk about that all the, all the time, like outside of the podcast, Naz, like just the sisterhood within that. And I think even too, as we get older, like I know for me, like I've gotten so close to so many Habesha women. And I feel like growing up, like I had, you know, family members, obviously that I was close to, but like I've become an adult, like I've actually chosen to have like close Habesha girlfriends. And it's just a different connection when you get older, because it's like, you just relate to like so many things, which is why I love Half Day Half Day, because I feel like, you know, a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are people who probably were, you know, raised in the same way that we were raised and now evolving into womanhood and adulthood. And we're all trying to figure out who we are, but also still maintain our culture and our identity. And it's just like this constant struggle, but we're all in it together. So it's like kind of nice to have that. I feel like, you know, as we get older, like we're gravitating more towards our roots, I feel like. And so I feel like even when it comes down to dating, to friends, to everything, I feel like you end up kind of learning a little bit more about yourself as you get older and you realize some of the things that your parents said when you were younger. And I feel like that's part of why, like, we seek these kinds of communities, you know, especially as we're getting older, you know, time is flying and you want to be able to really hone in on who you really are. Yeah, I agree with that. It's because every time I hang out with you or with Wintana, it's like I feel at home and I don't even know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. And you realize like it's rooted in our culture. So it's it's really great. And so, I mean, as more and more Habisha girls continue to grow up, especially the younger generations, those who will be looking into Greek life, especially in their own business, um, you know, what advice would you give to the younger Habisha girls who you know, would want to pursue entrepreneurship. Yeah, well, I will, I will preface that with saying this. Firstly, like, you know, life is short, as we've seen with everything with COVID. And, you know, definitely put the things that you love at the forefront of everything that you do. Because at the end of the day, you know, like, being, you know, super like workaholic and doing all these things, 
And then at the end of the day, not really loving everything you do isn't, you know, isn't an ideal. And so I say that to say, like, don't be a workaholic. Focus on the things that you love, whether it's the people that you love, you know, the the ideas that you love, or just fostering, you know, community like a community. If that's what you love to do, do it. And so when starting a business, if that's the route that you want to take, fully commit to it. Make sure that, you know, you have the time and the energy and the resources <laughs> to pursue it. But really think about it. Really think about the outcome and the impact you want to have. Because I feel like at the end of the day, the root of really succeeding and being able to, you know, accomplish you know, your goals of, of starting a business is really going to be at the gut of what's driving you there, right? So figure out what it is that you're passionate mm-hmm. is. figure out why you're doing it. And I think the why is what's going to help you get through all the challenges, the ups and downs as you go through entrepreneurship. Oh, that was a great way to end it. I think that you dropped a lot of helpful gems today. I think that people are going to take away a lot about entrepreneurship, Greek life, and how culture influences all of that. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your wisdom and inspiring our listeners. I feel inspired, honestly. So thank you so much. Thank you both for having me. I'm so thankful to be here and I can't wait to see what else you all accomplish. Oh, thank you. And as a gift to our listeners, Saturn has a special surprise for you all. So if you want to let them know what it is. Yes. So we're going to do a special discount code. It's going to be half day, half day. 15 for 15% off our nudist shoes. So to get access to that, definitely go to nudistdc.com and follow us at nudist shoes for any more deals that we have upcoming. We, I mean, I had one shoe on my list, but now with this discount, I'm gonna have to cop two. Uh, I'm excited. Me too, girl. I need. I haven't even bought one. So this is going to be my first pair with this discount. But no, thank you again so much. We'll include all this information in the description as well as on our Instagram. And again, like Saddam said, be sure to follow them at Nudist Shoes at, on Instagram. And then also go to their website, nudistdc.com. Thank you again so much, Saddam. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning in. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, half days. Bye.